How to dream, cowboys. Welcome to the Westworld Podcast Robot Movie Club. Today we're going to recap and review the 2005 animated film Robots, starring Ewan McGregor and Robin Williams. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Dude, Thandy. Tandy won, dude. Wah, wah. Those are foghorn sound effects. She those, won. Those are the sound effects that happen when someone from Westworld actually wins. And then Westworld won some minor awards, but who gives a shit? Nobody. Not me. Not one person on Earth does, except for those people whom have Emmys and I don't. Right. So and, they, and presumably the people who lost. Right. They probably they care that they lost the Emmys no one gives a shit about. And then nobody else from Westworld won any of the major awards. Game of Thrones won a bunch of awards, and you can argue whether or not they deserved them. I don't think they did, but that's me. Yeah, I, again, I think if they were going to get a pity award for a season that wasn't up to par, next season, the, the, the last one seems to be the one that that should be, not the one before the last season that everyone was like, that was... Good, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I'm not sure that one should have been the the winner of best drama. Maybe I'm a little biased, James, as I am the host of the Westworld podcast. Do you think that could be it? Possibly, possibly. we got to go call up the people from the Game of Thrones podcast and see what they say. (laughs) And they won't call us back based on how small our show is and how we never win enemies. So speaking of not winning awards or being up to par, the 2005 animated film Robots is extremely mediocre. So we picked it over Bicentennial Man because of Both it. Robin Williams pictures. That's correct. And one of them, I would say, is higher quality than the other, that being Bicentennial Man over the 2005 Robin Williams, Ewan McGregor, and Amanda Bynes vehicle, Robots. So, Ryan gave me the choice between those two movies, and I picked this one solely on running time, because it was 90 minutes, and Bicentennial Man was two and a half hours, right. and uh, that was the one the one factor that decided it for me. But as we'll get into, there's a reason that this movie is only 90 minutes, and spoiler alert, it's because there was 30 minutes in the middle of this movie, and I have no idea where it went. So... There's a lot of famous people in this movie. A lot of famous people and some also some famous musicians provided music for the soundtrack. There's some 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 weird music choices like Lowrider is in this movie for some reason. There were a few times Baby Hit Me Baby One More Time came on and I was like, why? Why is this happening to me? This was made in 2005 by Chris Wedge and Carlos Saldaha. I definitely did that last name wrong. And they were the guys who also co-directed Ice Age three years prior to this. Chris would then go on to direct Epic in 2013, while Carlos kind of kept hold of the Ice Age sequels to himself. He also did Rio and Ferdinand. But the biggest story here by far is that co-director and one of the voices in the movie, I think of the phone booth, Chris... Wedge is Scrat, the beloved Ice Age squirrel, which is the biggest story here. So we're now living in like a golden age of computer animated film. And uh, younger listeners may not realize that 
That is only possible because those movies are standing on a mountain of corpses of horrible CGI movies right. that failed to take over. I recall the moment when they showed the skyline of the robot city as Rodney was approaching it, and I thought to myself, wow, this is incredibly underwhelming. And then I thought again, like, I bet in 2005 it wasn't that underwhelming. The only problem is now I've seen Coco, and I've seen the moment when they reveal the underground city in Coco, a actually amazing, like interactive world that looks layered and insane and should have won every award by itself to begin with and then you're like eh, this 2005 robots robin williams vehicle city looks like looks like a big pile of dew you know what i'm saying so the movie starts out this is a world of robots it's not the future or maybe it is there are no humans humans either never existed or all dead Makes you wonder who built the first robot. They either existed or they've made Star Wars with robots, but we'll get into that later. Also, I'll say one of the people who wrote the screenplay also wrote the lyrics for Shrek the Musical. That was important to cover. Hell yes. Hell yes, booty. We start out in Rivet City, which is like the 50s, but everything is a robot. It's Rivet Town, James. Okay. And they have a big clock like they do in Back to the Future, so... There's this guy, he's a robot, but he's also about to become a new father. Wow. This is, this is, let me fucking find his dumb name. It's Herb, played by Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, who, I, I, I know him from the Hunger Games, what else is he in? Stanley Tucci is a weathered character actor, and this sentence is to stall for James so that he can Google and see what else Stanley Tucci has been in. And, you know, when I'm done talking, hopefully he'll have the answer. So, as I mentioned, Stanley Tucci is the weird guy. Well, there's a lot of weird guys, but he's the weirdest guy in The Hunger Games. He's also... I mean, he's been in a thousand movies, but none of them are ones that I recognize. Okay, he's the the scientist in Captain America 1. He's the German scientist. <laughs> That's the one you pulled? I need to go look... Let me go look at this. That's the first one you pulled. The first one. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's just go down. Let's go down here. Oh, boy, you might be right. Oh, God. He's he's not an important character in many movies. He's Herb Kazaz in BoJack Horseman. Oh, there you go. There's his role that I like the best. Right. He was in 10 episodes of ER, so Michael Crichton. Hell yes. That's your second hell yes, dude. <laughs> hell yes, that's my third. So he's all excited because his baby boy is about to literally be delivered in the mail. It's hilarious, James. The way that birth works here is that you come in a box because you're a robot. Right, so this doesn't make any sense, but everyone starts out as a robot baby. And then slowly over time, you attach parts to your body that make you taller and more like a robot adult. Okay? Okay. So anyway, they get the baby in the mail, and this is one of those movies where, like, the, they know that the kids are coming and their parents are being dragged there, so they, they add a couple of little uh, adult humor in there for the parents. Yeah, they infer that assembly is basically what they call sexual intercourse. 
Yeah, she's like making the babies the best part. Yep. And then afterwards, she's like 12 hours of labor, but it was worth it. Actual labor, uh-huh. James. Sweat equity and then in this she's baby. Like, oh, it's like an Ikea thing, and there's an extra part. And he's like, oh, there's always an extra part. She's like, oh, wait, no, that's the robot's dick. That's the and dick, to- dude. <laughs> Did you know it was the gosh dang dick, dude? When he said it was the dick, I was like, oh, my God, it's the dick. <laughs> Anywho, they also said, like, oh, has mom's eyes and dad's nose. Smart that we saved those parts. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a knee slapper. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of those lot kind of, of knee slapper jokes. Uh, cue baby being growing up montage, the first Wait, of many be- montages. We, oh, too many montages. Way too many <laughs> montages. What are the moral obligations when you get to choose the sex of your own baby, James? Right. Was it a baby girl that they just slammed a robot dick onto until that point? I feel offended. I didn't. I don't. I honestly don't exactly if, know if the why. Robots aren't even fucking. If they're just delivering baby robots in the mail, why do they need genders in the first place? Right. And if and he when he saw that penis on the ground and put it on him, when he saw it, he was like, "We didn't order a girl, did we?" And then he put the penis on. Well, the baby was awake like a like a circumcision without numbing just like the ba- awful awful times yeah that, that, that was a uh, that was an f to m gender reassignment surgery in an instant when he welded the, the, the dick on I, I don't think we were meant to look this deeply into that scene but we should have it's kind of messed up so after the montage now he's a little boy at a parade and there's a float in the parade for a big fat robot named Big Weld who's everyone's favorite robot because he makes all the parts and inventions that make the robot world possible. How did, how did you pass up the montage part where they were reading a book to, that said what to expect at 50,000 miles and then the baby was crying and they turned down the volume of the baby prompting every adult in every movie theater at the time to go oh I I just wish I could do that with my stupid baby. He puts on training wheels. He finally gets big boy parts. He gets upgrades at certain ages, it seems, but they're not shiny. They could be shiny. They could be shiny like Pokemon cards, but they're not. They're pre-owned, hand-me-down parts. So, like, your actual body, if you're poor and a robot, looks worse. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) It's weird. The, the thinking about the economy of this world confuses me. Yeah, it's very difficult. And as you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas becomes Matthew Broderick. Some unknown child actor becomes Ewan McGregor playing Rodney as he gets older. Doing an American accent in this movie, which he's pretty good at. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's good. If you've seen uh, I Love You, Philip Morris, he does an American accent in there and he's okay too. I feel fine about Philip Boris. I'm not ready to say I love him, and I don't want to be pressured for it. So Rodney's dad is a loser. He's a dishwasher at a robot restaurant, which you don't think that the fuck is a restaurant? What? What are they? What's powering them? What are they eating? Do they they go to the restaurant to eat gasoline? Are they gas-powered robots? They're not. None of them are 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 shooting out exhaust. (laughs) No. At some point, we learn that an oil change is urination to them, and Pouring grease on them is basically like drinking coffee, which I thought they would still just like still drink the grease. I don't know. They they assign some actions wildly in this film. So Rodney goes to work with his dad as a dishwasher, and one day he fucks up and smashes a bunch of shit, which puts them into debt. He creates a robot. Rodney is an inventor, and he's been watching Big Weld on TV commercials, the big guy who owns the big 
company that makes all the parts and all the upgrades for all the robots. He's been looking up to this guy forever. He wants to be an inventor, just like Big Weld. So he's trying to make his own robots. He made one that's supposed to help yeah, the ma- Wonderbot. Yeah, is the mascot character. It's like it's like an animal robot. Oh my god! It doesn't. What was that stupid mascot's name from the Atlanta Olympic Games in 1996? There were pictures of him all over our gym and elementary school, if you recall that. What was the I don't that remember that. I only character? remember the Simpsons parody of it, which was called Funzo. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wonderbot <laughs> looks like tiny robot Funzo. Yeah. he's. Uh, he, I don't know. He's, he looks like a, like a lamp that's been split in half and inside like a clamshell. There's a robot inside. But there's also a helicopter rotor at the top, so it flies around. It's not cute. I think they were trying to, they thought this was cute and they would sell merch, but it's not. It looks better than the robot dog did in Stepford Wives. So, I mean, you have to give it that. Also, it's supposed to help cleaning the dishes, which it does initially, except when the big boss comes in and starts yelling at Herb and at Rodney, the Wonderbot gets very nervous and breaks all the things, at which point... The boss leans into Rodney and Herb and lets them know what the audience already does know. That they're both miserable failures. So to earn money to get his dad out of debt for the shit that he broke, Rodney's going to go to Robot City, great name, and try to get a job working for Big Weld. I guess what he's going to like sell him the rights to the Wonderbot or something, and that'll lift his family out of robot poverty. Seems like a poorly preconceived plan, James. I don't think you should go to the big city without a better plan. But, you know, Rodney's... Also, it's incredibly expensive to move to most cities. Well, I mean, this is a robot city, James. All you need is lugs and... And, and like, lug... Like, literal screws. Presumably, like, you don't need to sleep, so you don't need a place to live. They do, they lay in beds in this movie. Also, there's a point where there's a homeless robot and he's holding a sign that says, get screwed, and which is hilarious for all the parents out there. And so, like, it, it stands to reason that screws, but, like, nuts, bolts, are the currency of this world. So the currency literally makes up your body. The economy of this world is troubling. So he he gets on some kind of hovercraft. Uh, well, first, you know, his mom doesn't want him to go to Robot City, but his dad's like, you know what? I wanted to be a jazz musician, and I gave up on that dream to be a dis- dishwasher, so you should go chase your dream. And he buys him the ticket on a hovercraft to Robot City, and now we have a flying through the air montage. Okay, this is the first time out of many times I will say this, but a lot of the time... When uh, a a action mo- movie thing happens in this movie, uh, or like a like a montage, which this is basically like a Rube Goldberg version of a metro system that Rodney goes through to get into the robot city. But all of these scenes were just made to be video game levels. Didn't you feel that? Yeah, and they did make a video game out I, of it. I know, I know. And as they were writing it, they were the producers was like. Yeah, 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 but make more montages that can be video game levels, you dumb, dumb idiot writers. So when uh, he gets to Robot City, immediately he meets this, like, scammer robot who's trying to scam him out of money, whose name is Fender. Not to be confused with the Futurama character, who is also, like, a schemer and a scammer named Bender. Which came later, like, whatever, go back in time and change it. And by that I mean change the word or name Fender in this movie. Bender gets to stay in Futurama. He was better overall. 
Futurama came first, didn't it? It did. It did. This was made in 2000. Yeah, yeah. No, wait. Did it? Did it come first? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, then I was wrong. Bender came first. Fender. That's even. It's even more wrong that his name is Fender. It's it's Robin Williams. It's like listening to the genie being a robot's body, you know. Yeah, he's not. He's just doing Robin Williams. Right. There's. You, you can tell that he goes in. He reads part of the script, and he's like, you know, I'm done with this, and then he just says stuff. He makes a joke when he's taking pictures. He's like, yeah, give me some big eyes. Give me some big anime eyes. And I was like, hi, I, I, I get it. I know what anime is. I feel like I'm involved. Rodney ditches him and tries to make his way towards the Big Weld factory. So now we get a walking around the city montage. We just had a flying montage. Now we're going to get a first day in New York City montage. The Big Apple. Or what would it be called in a robot version? The Big Robot the big, Apple. The Big macintosh apple oh well yeah i guess so the the slogan for big weld industries is see a need fill a need so that is what rodney is currently trying to do while he's within his second montage within the last 10 minutes eventually he gets to like the public transportation system which you mentioned earlier which is this weird like magnetic gondola rube goldberg device and he ends up in the same gondola as robin williams and this sequence is is okay it's fine it's really great in fact when i was watching it and i forgot that there were eight more sequences after this that were exactly the same i was thinking this is really fun and then the second time it happened i was like this is like the first one and then the eighth time it happened i was like this happened seven other times so he eventually gets to the Big Weld factory, but the gatekeeper is a high-pitched little boy robot. His name is Tim, and he's played by Paul Giamatti. Yeah, what the fuck? I have no idea. I have no <laughs> clue. How? 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 Was Paul Giamatti a, 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 not a household commodity in 2005? They could have, literally anyone could have done this. For however much money they paid Paul Giamatti, they could have just had an actual, a literal child do this. This movie made money. Isn't that crazy? It's insane that it made, since it's starring everyone in the world. Literally. Literally everyone. I believe you and I play a, I play a screwdriver, and the role was very difficult. Yeah, and you were paid a lot of money for that. I was screwed. But, uh, <laughs> the... That was a robot joke. Let's all move on before I do more of those. So they won't let him in. Big Weld factories all shut down to the, to new ideas, so they don't want to let new blood in, I guess. James got fired from production for being hammered all the time. Sorry, keep going. Ha-ha. <laughs> got, got him, kid. Got him. Inside the factory, they're having a board meeting, uh, and we're introduced to the evil businessman robot, Ratchet. Phineas T. Ratchet. Played by Greg Kinnear, and he's the evil one. And he's actually, he's one of the the funnier voice actors in this movie. Greg Kinnear does a good job. Yeah, but I don't like that his name is Ratchet. This is the second name that I did not, it soils the name Ratchet from a wonderful piece of video game art commonly referred to as Ratchet and Clank. I get why he's right. called that. It's a, it's a robot thing, being a robot and all, but still, I hate it. And I, 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 I want them to go back in time and change these names to things that make me feel better. Right, yeah. So basically all these robot puns have, are, have been done already by 2005. So they don't have a lot of room to, to grow with this. So there's going to be a lot of recycled jokes. Ha! It's, it's funny because the parts of the robots are getting recycled. Well, not really. The next part will... We'll have to be talking about the weird robot genocide in this next part. Anywho, 
So some of the executives concerned because Big Weld is missing, but they're like, well, we'll see Big Weld at the Big Weld Ball. I'm sure that will and... come up later. Also, yeah, it's being made clear that Big Weld was the good guy. He was out two years ago or he got ousted and he was doing good things. But now Ratchet's here and he's doing mean things for Basically, money. Big Weld was Arnold and Ratchet is Dr. Ford. Wow. Which is weird because of the current goings-ons in the news. Dr. Ford is also on the news all the time, but it's not the same thing. It's very confusing. Yeah, I, I heard about Dr. Ford on CNN, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, uh, this is going to be talking about Westworld. And then it was not, and then I was very upset and disturbed for what I watched. It was super different from Westworld. It was, I would say, was it more or less disturbing than Westworld? <laughs> it was more, so it's not what I had in mind. Uh, do you feel weird I... watching it from Japan? No, but now I do feel weird that this joke is going on so long. Okay, moving on. <laughs> People might be offended. Okay, cool. So, Big Weld is gone, and instead of selling new parts, uh, replacement parts, which is what Big Weld liked to do, Ratchet wants to get everybody more more money from everybody by not selling them the same old replacement parts they've been using, but forcing them to upgrade by getting rid of the replacement parts system. Which will ostensibly kill all the poor robots and keep all the rich robots alive. So what he is proposing is a poor robot genocide, and that's messed up. Yeah, and also, if you're just going to destroy all the poor robots, then you're losing a customer base there. Right. So you're going to you're going to go from making some money from selling their face smarts to making no money because they're going to be dead. And because they can't afford the upgrades, you're really looking to really like funnel your business down to the 1%. It's not a it's not you have to have products for everybody, sir. Business 101. I actually I, whatever. Anyway, the new slogan for the new bad guy is why be you when you can be new. So one of the executives, another a girl robot which was 2005, so legally you have to have Halle Berry in one in your movie. This is, uh, yeah, exactly. She was like, you know, in the future, I'll be in Swordfish with John Travolta, and nobody will know why. She doesn't like this. Why is she in this movie, by the way? She has, like, yeah. two scenes total, and she makes no sense, and completely, it's completely, you know, her, her entire role and is it's, completely And it's forced. so funny that, like, <laughs> like you know... They're so committed to heterosexual relationships that, like, the, the the female robots are curvy and have, like, metal breasts. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Cappy, which... Why? I, why? Yeah, I don't know. what What's that a reference to? I have Cappy? no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. It's a, literally another name that's like another future robot's name. I can't deal with it. So, Rodney... Rodney, so everyone has a robot pun name, and then it's just like, I'm Johnny Robot. It's just Rodney. Ratchet, by the way, he literally has a line where he describes the poor robots exactly as Hitler described the Jews. It was a little much. What did he say? He Just talking about how they're poor and, like, rodent-like and deserve to be exterminated. That whole deal. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. You remember the Holocaust? That happened. Some people don't think it did. They're dicks. <laughs> you, um, is that a hot take for the Westworld podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
Holocaust real. Yeah, that's our that's our stance we're brave on that to subject. Take that stance. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're that's our line in the sand. Rodney has been flying up the factory wall with Wonderbot, and he crashes through the window, and he pitches Wonderbot to Ratchet, who has him kicked out and thrown into the trash. And he kicks Wonderbot through the skylight, and he just goes flying. And I was like, when Wonderbot lands, he's going to smash into a million pieces. Did he just murder Wonderbot? So we find out in the next scene that robots who are broken beyond repair are sent to an underground refinery called the Chop Shop where they are melted down into new resources. Right. As Rodney is kicked out of Big Weld Industries, he is, for a slight moment, magnetized due to the magnet that that sent him out. Uh, A bunch of things follow him as he is now a magnet and they are coming towards him. This is another video game level. While he is being followed, he gets attached to a large cylinder that blows him backwards. And you know what? I can't deal with it anymore. Wally, this movie will win the will. When will the cylinder based injustice end, James? He goes flying, and the cylinder wouldn't have done that. If the if you're new to this podcast, you wouldn't understand why I'm angry. Should I explain? It's not worth it. Let's keep going. So. In the underground chop shop, we find out that uh, Ratchet's mom is basically like the robot devil. Down low, they have like a they have like a working song they do, like it's like it's slave labor in the underground. Yeah, the only original music I think actually it's kind of random. Well, there was this song, but there's also the intro song to the Robot City, which is like a, ro- a bunch of robot noises as a beat. Which we've already heard. It's been in the past. I don't you we, you while we're recording, James. The music wasn't there, but I guarantee you, it was in the future. So the robot devil's name is Madame Gasket, who's played by Jim Broadbent, who is another character actor who's been in a ton of shit. He's Horace Slughorn in the Harry Potter series. He's uh, one of the characters in Game of Thrones season seven. I don't remember this character, Archmaster. Ebros? Ebros? I don't remember that. I'm going to Google it, and I bet I'll I'll see his face, and I'll know it's Deal. Oh, he is the guy at the Archmaster's Guild who's, like, in charge, I feel like. Okay, yeah, I see now. He's like, oh, don't tell Sam his family were murdered by dragons. Right. He would feel bad. And Samwell is like, you have to help. The war is happening. And he's like, no, we're the people who do the knowledge. We don't do the war. He's that guy. Anyway, he's playing a woman evil robot in this movie. Oh, God. Hold on. Was he a Teletubby? He's in Teletubbies. Which person are you? Which person are you? He's not a Teletubby. We can move on. He's the, he's the baby and the son. Oh, perfect. So we find out that she's the real mastermind of the evil plan. And before they roll out with the upgrades, she wants Ratchet to kill Big Weld so that he can't get in the way of their evil plans. And Ratchet's like, oh, we don't need to kill Big Weld. And she's like, yes, we do. And he's like, all right. All right, fine. You, you've you convinced me. She tells him to grow some bolts, James. And, uh-huh, and that's uh-huh. hilarious. And they also uh, they also show us his father because you know she's his mother and his father is just like hell being strung up in a corner he's like good luck son have fun with your dastardly plans 
So when Rodney wakes up, he's in a trash can, and Fender is trying to steal his foot. They have a little chase sequence, and Fender gets his head ripped off. Do you mean another Um, video game level? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, get your foot back. Chase Fender through the streets. (laughs) Oh, you have one minute and 30 seconds. It takes you 8,000 times to accomplish this, and it will be one Sunday morning where you do it first time, and you're like, I hate everybody. Fender introduces Rodney to the other dumpster diving robots. We get some famous people here. The orange one is named Crank. He's played by Drew Carey. The green one is named Lug. He's played by Harland Williams, a.k.a. I mean, he was in Half-Baked. He's been in a lot of things. He's also the cop in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I really liked Harland Williams um, as a kid. I, I was into him. I used him a lot. He was in so many things. He was also a dirty cop in The Whole Nine Yards. I love that movie. And then there was a blue one named Diesel, who is basically Bumblebee from Transformers because he used a radio as a mouth. That's right. And then we're also introduced to Fender's sister. Piper. Piper, played by Amanda Bynes, who at one point was a celebrity. She was. Was this one of her last movies she did before she imploded? Yeah, it's too bad because, like, I, I liked Amanda Bynes, and, you know, in in the aughts, she was pretty oh, oh, famous. Oh, third in a row, baby! <laughs> she was rather famous in the aughts, and <laughs> now she's like a nobody. She's somebody to somebody, James. So. Yeah, she hasn't been in a film or a movie since... 2010. Right, and if you become famous and then you stop being famous, it's sad. She was in uh, Easy A with Emma Stone. She was in All That, and she was a a, a, a legendary comedic presence in the aughts, as you say. The, the, or the perhaps the late 90s. What is that count as the aughts, or is that something else? Mm, what year? 2010? No, the late 90s. <laughs> No, that's the late 90s. That's not the aughts. So it's just the late 90s? Yeah. Is that what it's called? You, you gotta have... It's gotta be like 2000 aught one. Ah, I don't like these rules. So she's also like another girl robot. Her thing is that she likes Rodney, but Rodney doesn't like her back. Wow. Yeah, she comes on to him immediately. We don't get a good understanding of how old she is and how creepy this is, but it feels a little creepy. So the junk robots go to buy some spare parts to fix Fender, and even though uh, Ratchet just announced this plan today, already the stores are completely out of spare parts. The guy at the store tells them the bad news, the thing that the robots... Yeah, good news and bad news. Yeah, the bad news is all the poor robots are gonna die. Yeah, he's like, the good news is, when I had your parts, they were on sale. Hilarious. So Fender has been outmodded or outmoded, which basically means there are no more replacement parts for you, and you're going to fall apart, and then you're going to be swept away and killed. But Rodney is able to fix robots because he, if you remember, is an inventor, and so he can invent and then also fix things. Rodney is uh, another version of Robot Jesus, as Wally was in the past when we... When we watched that, at some point, Diesel changes his voice box and uses a Darth Vader voice to tell him, Rodney, that the force is strong with him. So does Star Wars exist in this universe? Are there people? 
are they? Is it the people Star Wars, the normal one, or is it a robot Jedi Star Wars? You know, they actually got James Earl Jones to record that line for this movie. Why? Yeah. What What was the goddamn point? Could not Paul Giamatti do that line for you? They were just like looking at money, thinking to themselves, "Boy, I want to throw this down the drain." Yeah, this was this is like a the Brewster's Millions or like a the producers kind of scheme. Like, like how do we how can we burn all this money away? They figured it out the way get Greg Kinnear and let him shine. So they go to stay at Aunt Fanny's. Who takes in wayward robots? She's a robot with a big robot ass, and that's the joke. Right, she's played by Jennifer Coolidge, who is Stifler's mom. That night, they ha- they go to bed and they have a lot of fart jokes. Robots can fart. They go to bed. I like. Do they do they sleep? And right, they like they fart for a <laughs> long time. It was real weird and kind of gross. Can do they do they dream? Do they dream? Do they dream people <laughs> dreams? Right. So in the morning, they're all downstairs. They're dumping oil on themselves. This is where the movie got its only laugh out of me. Where like. They pour motor oil into coffee mugs and just dump it all over their backs. Rodney comes downstairs. He's like, so what are you guys going to do today? And they just they look at each other and they look at him. They're like, we're doing it. We're doing it right now. And Crank has said, like, this is my third oil change today. I must be getting old. Outside, a crowd of robots is starting to riot since they can't get the spare parts that they need. But Rodney offers to fix them up for free, which triggers our fourth montage. Fixing montage. Fender helps out. He's basically Patch Robot Adams. They do operation, like the game operation. There's a bunch of things in this montage. There are things that complete. One robot completely falls apart, and then it goes straight to Ratchet whom is getting a massage and having a great time until his mom starts giving a massage, which is not really a massage. She was just sort of just like, you know, slashing at his back until he realized it was her. Yeah, they they find out that there's a robot fixing everyone. Damn, word gets around fast in this town. Because it's, it's still happening while right. they find out about it. It's almost like there were complete scenes that should have been there that just weren't. And they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll kill him. Easy enough. Easy. We'll find him and kill him. Yeah, just murder him. Done. Back at Aunt Fanny's, Rodney's totally overwhelmed because he's got to fix so many robots and there's still so many robots left. Things get worse when he gets a letter from back home and he finds out his dad is also in really bad shape because of the lack of spare parts. But Rodney, you know, he realizes he can't go home until he's fulfilled his mission of speaking to Big Weld. And he can't go home and fix his dad until he figures out how to get spare parts back into the system. So he knows he has to solve the problem before he ever fixes his dad. And then we fast forward inexplicably to this next part. And I want to know where the half hour between this moment when he's called, when he calls his dad back home and when they arrive at the ball, where did that half hour of this movie go, James? There was there's stuff in the middle there that they were just like, hey, we don't need that. Yeah, well, we got to buy the Blu-ray, man, and watch the deleted scenes. No, thank you. Uh, you uh, you want to bet right now whether or not Robots 2005 has been released on Blu-ray? Oh, I know it's been released on Blu-ray in 2011. That's gross, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was released on Blu-ray? Oh, yeah. I wa- Who the fuck bought this movie on Blu-ray? It did $23 million in DVD sales. Jesus. Right. I bet when you watch it on Blu-ray, you can probably see, like, even more how shitty it is. 
Oh, right. Yeah, and uh, Robin Williams' improvs don't even have subtitles. They don't because they do different lines every time. Now they're at the. So they ball. sneak in. Yeah, <laughs> they, they go to the big weld ball. They sneak in dressed as foreign dignitaries. Fender talks them inside with his smooth moves. In here, they're having like a robot Gatsby party, and it, it seems like it's going to go into another montage, but not really. It just shows a little, a little a bunch of funny scenes in a row. They make a safe word to say if something's going wrong, and at first it was shouting Ricola, but then it becomes Kaka, Kaka, and then Fender goes off, and everybody dance now starts as he distracts with a sweet dance. Yeah, and then Fender starts, like, seducing this rich robot that he, I guess he's going to try to fuck. Her name is Loretta, and she's played by Natasha Leon of Orange is the New Black fame. But that plot doesn't go anywhere. Nowhere, not one place. <laughs> Rodney, so Ratchet goes up to give a speech, and Rodney accuses him of foul play. He's like, where's Big Weld? Why can't we see him? Yeah, he started so whiny. Like, no, no, no. Explain yourself. He's like, I've been going around town fixing everybody, and then Ratchet's like, oh, cool, the guy I need to kill is just oh, right here. Oh, sick. You you came here and confessed in front of me? You made this as easy as possible. As easy as, as robotically possible. So they have a chase scene, and they have to run away. Um, Video game level. Fender just stays with the, the hot, rich robot, but Cappy, Halle Berry's character helps Rodney to escape. So poorly, though, because she's like, no, don't don't take him away. And then Ratchet's like, no, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, oh you don't want to look bad in front of your in front of your peons. Let me take him away. And then Rodney's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm saving your life. And then everybody hears her say that and starts chasing them. Like, act longer, dude. Don't say that until you get... Keep being mean to him until you get outside. Be better at escaping, idiot. She agrees to take him in her helicopter to find Big Weld. It takes no, like, convincing at all. He's like, let me do it. And she's like, no. He's like, come on. And she's like, okay. Right, and they find him in the first place they look, which is his secret lab. No way, that came Uh, out of nowhere. Fender's not helping at all, by the way. He's still with Loretta. Yeah, he's trying to bang that that female robot. I get it. Um, yeah, so then when they find Big Weld, uh, he's become totally obsessed with dominoes. And this is never explained. Well, we saw dominoes in an earlier video of Big Weld. The first video, like, Big Weld did as a commercial, he has dominoes in them. So this is a slight callback, but, I mean, it's never... They never said the word domino before this moment. Right, and they make a hilarious joke here where he's like, I thought you were the Domino's delivery boy. <laughs> Got him. Uh, Got him. I was a Domino's delivery boy. You were? Six months. Yeah. How did it go? It's a bad job. Oh. Well, I mixed paint. <laughs> yeah, he tries to show him Wonderbot, but he's like, no, give up on your dreams. I gave up on my dreams. And Rodney never thinks to ask why. And Big World never thinks to explain himself. He's just like, no, I'm I'm a sad sack now. Okay. Yeah, and that's it. So just like move on with your life and 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 throw away your dreams. There's a a book that screenwriters always talk about called Save the Cat. And there's always a moment in every movie where 
all hope is lost and then somehow some way it has to come back but when you just like smash it into the movie three-fourths of the way through and the last half hour should have been like supportive scenes that explain the characters and have more things to do with the actual plot you can't just be like hey lose all your faith now and then have the main character be like all right quick aside guys not only can you get robots 2005 the animated film on blu-ray you can also get the novelization of the film uh, uh on amazon for 40 cents 40 cents? I would have done it if it was 29, but 40 is too much. Yeah, like, what? What the fuck? Is it? Is the <laughs> audiobook narrated by Robin Williams and he's oh, not God, even dude, reading we it? We should pitch them that we'll do the audiobook for Robots, the, the, nov- the movie novel. You play everyone but Rodney, and I'll play Rodney, but I'll do his voice like this the whole time. Hey, guys, what's going? And they'll be like, you can't do that. That's not how Ewan McGregor sounds. I'll be like, this is Ewan McGregor. Ewan? How do you say his name? Ewan. Ewan, you got it. I did it the second time. Okay, so Fender gets thrown away and brought down to the chop shop where he overhears Ratchet and his evil mom discussing their plans to murder Rodney, but he gets away. Right before he gets thrown away, he does a singing musical number, Robin Williams does, and he does singing in the oil, and then he does a little dance. And then he gets right, thrown so the, away. Another, the robots seem to recall Star Wars the way that it, it happened. But I guess Singing in the Rain was a robot production at some point. Yeah, the uh, the world canon is a little skewed. Rodney calls his parents and he's about to go home. They make an extremely topical collect call joke here. Who's there on the phone? Oh, it was Carol. They had a boy. <laughs> what was the remember that c- commercial i'm yeah. doing it poorly yeah yeah carol i had a baby it's a boy i had a baby it's a boy uh he's about to get on the hovercraft and go back to to rivet town when all the other characters show up and convince him to stay including big weld big weld shows up and he's like i'm gonna help you fight the villains i've changed my mind the thing uh, don't you ask said. me why right and i won't tell you why right never ask me why the thing you said at the end where you said you wanted to be like me and you were disappointed in me shifted my view on the subject immediately and i'm i'm here now i'm helping right because for however long that i had given up on my dreams i had never once considered that there were people that looked up to me yeah that never actually occurred to me and so like you said his dad reiterates that his dream must live everyone came in aunt fanny's butt they came out and piper asks who cappy is like whoa who's this other girl who's not me how dare you i don't know about you man but if if i'm a robot uh, and i gotta choose between cappy and piper i'm going with piper wow i'm a cappy kind of guy me and Team Cappy. Team Cappy. Well, this and a tale as old as time. Team Cappy versus Team Piper. Do okay. Team Cappy, Team C- Piper. Which one is Edward? Yeah. The questions uh, of our the greatest question of our time. So it's also important to point out the Big Weld wants to fuck Aunt Fanny. Wow. Yes, that's true. I mean, but obviously, immediately, the moment Aunt Fanny learned of Bidwell or whatever his name is, she was like, oh, he's so much of a man. And then in the moment Mel Brooks, by the way, Mel Brooks, 
plays Big Weld. Yeah, that's kind of sad. He sees Aunt Fanny. He's like, who's the who's the big butt broad? And they're like, wow, that is not something you can say. And he's like, I like her. I want her. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I like, I like, I like big women. I'm like, Jesus, what is, what is the movie going? <laughs> it's all inclusive, James. So Fender shows up as well. And he tells them that the villains are about to enact their plan to just catch and kill all of the outmoded robots. The pacing of this movie is bad. Yeah, it, it's almost as if. This isn't how it was supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. Like, honestly, so I think it went through a lot of iterations while it was being written. You can tell because the story is attributed to three people and then the screenplay is attributed to other people. So it it went through some things. This is at some point, like right here is where Big Weld looks at Cappy and and Rodney and is like, well, your boyfriend's a genius. She, he says to Cappy, with no reason to do so, because he hasn't really proven to Big Weld he's a genius. And then, and he only just met Cappy a few hours ago, right? And then they like get pushed together and have a weird forced love moment that I was like, you didn't set this up at all. She even she like was bad at having him escape. Like the one thing she's shown Rodney that she's not good at is anything. And I, I went, I, I thought that you know. Not that I thought there were going to be romance arcs in this movie, but I I thought that It'd be Piper, he would end right? up with with Piper, yeah, yeah, because she gets like she when she gets introduced, I was like, oh, there's the girl, the girl's here, the girl to the the guy, the like does this this movie does not pass the Bechdel test? It can't. The Bechdel test is two female characters have any conversation about. Anything other than a male character? I don't think so. I highly doubt that 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 occurred. In fact, there's a point coming up where Cappy and Piper do something together, and it's so obviously forced. They're like, girl power time, put them together. They were mad, but now they're fighting with each other. Not with each other. For each other? Sure. They go to Big Weld's company, and Big Weld attempts to fire Ratchet, but Ratchet attacks him. And has him sent to the chop shop. Now, that came out of nowhere. Unexpected. They have another chase sequence. This is a few minutes long. But eventually Ratchet escapes with Big Weld into the underground chamber. Where is, like, the worst place to be. Because that's where the giant fire is. All the robots are really cowardly. They're like, oh, we're too scared to go down to the chop shop. But... Rodney accuses them all of being cowards. And then he builds them all weapons and armor. And they go together to fight the bad guys. Within moments. He does it so fast. <laughs> they are initially outnumbered, but then Piper shows up with the, all the other robots that Rodney had fixed earlier in the movie. Kind of feels like Piper's the hero. They have a protracted action comedy sequence with several bits. You mean the last video game level? Yeah, right. And there's like a wrestling joke. Yes, Lug, played by Harland Williams, is in the ring beating up on tiny little robots who are basically like putties from the Power Rangers series where they're just there to die. Rodney saves Big Weld from being melted and the robot devil lady accidentally swings into the forge killing herself. Such a Disney death. Such an yeah. off-screen Disney death. Robin Williams' Fender is back doing more voices, including the Braveheart voice. He's doing things that are assumably helpful. Ratchet ends up hanging from the ceiling with his dad. Hilarious. I guess better than him dying, 
Just like the off-screen Disney death his mom just had? Question mark? They literally all hug. <laughs> That's something that happens. They all hug they, each other. They all hug right after Baby One More Time plays, and then they have an action montage. They all hug. It's it's something that, that film students will look back on right after watching 1940s French films just based on, like, you know, structure and, and how to do things right. Rodney goes back to Rivet Town and fixes his dad. His dad tells his boss to shove it. Shove um, it up your ding-dong, buddy. Then he gives his dad, like, the Dr. Seuss trumpet, and he plays it, uh, which uh, then everyone breaks out into a dance party when there's a short dance party montage. They drive home again that uh, Rodney is going to end up <laughs> with Cappy and not Piper, and that's the end of the movie. Big Weld tells everybody that he basically, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's Rodney, tells him that he's his new right-hand man and the future successor of Big Weld Industries, which makes everybody very happy. And then you're right, there's a dance number at the end. And Fender says it's a fusion of jazz and funk called Junk, which you're hearing right now. And isn't it... Look, D- James, this song, isn't it great? Bop along with it for, with me. This, this this movie uh, was Bop. was so close to being Bop. okay. Nah, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, I'm bopping, dude. But it it just never. Bop. It's never funny. Like I guess if you're a little <laughs> kid, it's never funny. That's if your. You, well, the thing about this movie is it's never funny. If you were a little kid, you'd probably like it, but, I mean, there's only one scene with, like, fart jokes for little Bop. kids, and and the rest is, like, humor geared toward adults that isn't good. Also, there's a half hour of the movie in the middle that's just not there. Yeah, what what happened with that? Right, like uh, like you said, there it's, like, obviously some other stuff was supposed to happen and things were just cut out of this movie. You're right, it was on its way. Like, there were some really cool ideas, and... In the beginning, there, I was like, I was hopeful because I had seen this movie before, and I remembered, you know, it's not exactly a magnum opus, but I also recall it not being awful. But as I got to the end of it, it did. It felt cheap a little bit. Like that was an hour and a half, or an hour and fifty minutes, and we picked it because it was the shorter movie. But gosh dang, there should have been a half hour in the middle there that was just like. I like the whole crew. There was a whole crew with Drew Carey and Harlan Williams and and a little robot with a mouth that's a radio. Give me two more scenes of them just doing stuff. It didn't feel short watching. It's a very slow-paced movie. Yeah, the pacing was bad. And a mailbox was played by Al Roker and a watch was played by Paula Abdul. So I'm I'm going through the IMDb trivia now just cuz I I've so little to personally say about this. And though the green robot's name is Lug, they never actually introduce his name in the movie at all. I, ugh, I, it's so lug. How you doing, you big old, you big lug? Bam! I wrote it for them. In the UK, Aunt Fanny. They had to redub her name to be Aunt Fan because Fanny is a vagina in England. The way of the road. Ben Stiller was offered the role of Fender, and he turned it down. Wow, what a mistake Ben Stiller made. Also, the Blue Man Group helped a lot with the metal-sounding songs that occurred. All right, interesting. 
Uh, they offered Kevin Spacey to play Ratchet, and he turned it down. John Powell dropped out of scoring Shrek 2 and Shark Tale to score this film. Thank God. This shit has a 6.3 on IMDb. I know. How? How, 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 how? <laughs> like, it has a it has a 53% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 64% tomato meter score, which I'll go with the 53% because that's an F instead of a D. Okay, so, oh, we should rank these. We now have watched four movies, iRobot, Wally, The Stepford Wives, and Robots. Please go back and listen to those other podcasts if you haven't. They were really great. Can you rank those four movies for me? Yeah, well, it's going to be the same ranking as last time, but now with robots at the bottom. So it would be Wally, The Stepford Wives, iRobot, and Robots. Right, and mine is Wally, iRobot, Stepford Wives, and Robots at the end. You know this thing about robot movies? A lot of them have the word robot in them. We should watch one next time that doesn't have the word robot in the title. All right, well, this was your terrible choice, and so I get to pick the next one. How dare you, Bob? So I'm going to do a little departure from our normal format. Which is what? What's our normal format? Watching a movie. Oh, use how or is this going to be a TVAS show? We're going to watch the pilot episode of the 1985 oh, Jesus Christ. American science fiction Worst. situation comedy, Small Wonder. What? I've never heard of that in my entire life. Which is about a sitcom family in the 80s who adopts a robot daughter named Vicky. How is this the most niche thing we've ever done? <laughs> uh, Vicky, an acronym for Voice Input Child Identicant. Okay, can I find this on the... What's it called? Small Wonder. Small Wonder. Watch pilot episode. Episode episode one. Oh my god, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, guys. 22 minutes, you can find the first episode on YouTube. Oh, I I stand corrected. It's on Daily Motion, which is... Oh my god. Well, we're all hearing the intro song right now, and I'm watching it. (laughs) Oh my god, this looks insane. It's one of those, uh intro musics where it explains what's happening uh, it explains the premise of the show and the intro song it it looks like too many cooks it looks like <laughs> a like, like it would be too many cooks please tell me the last person in this is a okay it's a man it's a uh, the little boy just wants to sleep he doesn't want to go to school <laughs> what a rambunctious little boy and there's this little girl who uh, who's this little girl why is she in a maid uniform that's vicky She's a robot? She's a robot. Played by a little girl? Yes. What does the little boy feel about this? Oh, well, that's what we're going to find out in the first episode. I bet he's conflicted. Well, this is a really weird thing, and but it's 22 minutes long, so I'm, I'm down to clown. I guess so join us in two weeks when we recap and review episode one of the 1985 sitcom Small Wonders, starring <laughs> a bunch of has-been nobodies. I have never heard a sentence that applies to less people. If you're just listening, that means a lot to us. If you want to go the extra mile, you can follow us on SoundCloud or follow us on Twitter at WestworldRyan. If you guys want to contact us, you can hit us up there on Twitter. You can send us an email, thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. We want to say a special thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. 
Ryan and I, this is a labor of love for us, and so we fund everything ourselves, and that is offset by our wonderful patrons. We still have five patrons, and they are still the five best fans that we have currently, and their name are Bakaman, Carol Andres, John Jurors, Major Woody, and Richard Hunt. Special thanks to all you guys. You make this show possible. If you guys really want to help us out, you could support the show in that way, like those five awesome people. Yeah, and also send us emails about robot movies you want us to watch or about Westworld and the off-season. What do you think about Tandy Newton's Emmy Award? Yeah, or if you just need personal advice, send us an email, you know, see what we can do. We haven't gotten an email in months. Please! Please send us an email. Oh, you know, you got any saucy pictures, you send those to Ryan's Snapchat. No, no, (laughs) Well, it's my Snapchat is private, so take that. I'm James. Y'all will never see my Bitmoji. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast.